Welcome back to another episode of Purely Awesome Dads. I'm one of your hosts, Justin, along with... Jeff Haberly. How's it going, man? Dude, great to see you again. And today, I'm so excited. We've got an old fraternity brother of mine and a, and a friend for many, many years, a guy named Gino Villanueva. Gino, welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. You're very excited to have you here. And, you know, and we want to start off with... You're our first guest, right? Yeah, exactly. This is, this is the first time. I thought it'd be fun to have someone that's comfortable with the show, that's heard a little bit about it, and have them on the show for the first time. Well, I'm one, I was I was wondering how you're going to uh, introduce me because you said you, you you led right in for the with the fraternity brother, so that could you know that that can bring up some skeletons. So <laughs> I, I got to watch myself. <laughs> well, unfortunately, this audience doesn't know many of them, and Jeff probably doesn't even know half those stories. So I think at some point we definitely need to disclose some of those. <laughs> I'd be scarred for life. I may think well, of you differently now, Justin. Well, for our audience, I will tell you at one point, Gino was with me during this, just very briefly. We were doing a scavenger hunt in San Diego. And do you remember when the cops almost arrested all of us? Were you there for that? I was. I was. Yes. I that's <laughs> well, I was one that tasked you. I was, I was part of the group that tasked you guys to go out and, uh, and get some stuff done. Getting arrested was not one of those, for the record. <laughs> so, you know, Gino and I have a long history of fun stuff. And the, and the crazy part now is he now works for the law. So now he is the man of the hour, the Tower of Power himself, correct? I do. I do. It's uh, what I'm approaching 20 years in, uh, in the law enforcement industry. Um, it's been very interesting, to, to say the least, but uh, definitely, there's definitely, definitely a lot of passion there. Well, that's exciting. Well, as we start off all our shows these days, we're going to start off with what have you done recently to be awesome? Well, yeah, you, you mentioned college, correct? And that was... 20 some odd years ago, right? Well, Oof, I guess yeah. to be awesome is uh, last week, I turned in my very first uh, assignment for some graduate courses I've taken. And this is this is me. I'm a, I, I only have a bachelor's. So, okay. and, and since then, I haven't looked back on expanding my education. And now I decided to take some, uh, to take some graduate courses, you know, just to see how, what it's, see what it's like online learning and I had an assignment that I had to do. It took it took some writing. I had to write. I had to cite properly. I had to make sure that I'm not plagiarizing. And at I think it was probably at 12 12 15 in the morning, I had to turn something in that was due the next day. And that Dude. was uh that was nice. that congratulations, was, that was, man. Thanks, thanks. It, it was, takes a lot it of was, guts to go back after 20 plus years, man. I can well, imagine I'm, I'm doing wondering, that now. Yeah, I mean I'm wondering if you know if did I learn anything? I wasn't the best student, but uh, let's let's give it a try. Let's see if some professional experience can maybe, uh, you know, push me back into the classroom and uh, hopefully make myself marketable for for down the road. You do a lot of traveling and you've lived abroad all over the world. And what are some tips and tricks that you have for trying to stay fit, especially when living abroad in places like Singapore, stuff that's, you know, really not, especially for a Western audience, very different than what we're used to over here. What, what are your tips and tricks? Well, well, like you said, so I, I lived five years in Singapore, and I mean, Singapore, I would not exactly put that in the uh, third world category. Quite, it's quite the opposite. I mean, it has all the all the amenities that you, you can imagine. But uh, for me, being a California guy, living in the drier weather and going to one degree latitude, uh, basically living above the equator in a very tropical environment where it's just torrential downpours, 100% humidity walking one block and having to change your shirt because you're sweating. I think for me, that was probably the biggest, the biggest adjustment there. But I think just like anything, right? Just like any, 
anyone that's looking to you know better themselves physically you want to you want to find that community um i was i was lucky to be in a place where you know number one there was not a big uh there wasn't a big uh language barrier business or english was the business language i i worked with a lot of uh worked with a lot of americans um there was a a huge uh, expat community so i mean i think it was just finding finding the like-minded people that were interested in fitness and um you know i i was attached to the u.s embassy out there so of course you had some marines that are, of course are very you know straight out of boot camp and, and always looking to uh always looking to lend a hand and, and run some boot camps but you know i was also still like think oh, i can do this I, I mean i'm a i was i was doing a lot of triathlons probably in the in the months leading up to when i left and like okay i can I can try to ride my bike here and there. Um, they did not have a lot of bike lanes, so I kind of stopped doing that a little bit, and I and I just stuck to running and, and swimming in my pool. So I think if you find that community, you're, you're going to get some. You're going to have some options in terms of what what is out there to do. What are the activities? What is the best way to go about it? Nice, dude. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I was going to say just with the the humidity. So I've never been to Singapore um, or even <laughs> that close to the equator, I guess, but. I mean, did, did you find that even just running outside, I mean, was very, you know, laboring or taxing, right, in your cardio system? Because um, I know when I go, like, to Houston, right, to visit Justin, I go run in the humidity there. I mean, it's, I feel the difference yeah. from, from Arizona, right? And I feel like I'm just breathing heavier. It's, uh, it's a little more challenging. It is. And, you know, and, and I'd say Houston, Houston, Dallas, probably, that's a good, that's a good simulation. You probably run at noon. <laughs> high noon to simulate what it's like being out and being out in Asia. But I mean, yeah. I will say as much as I still love the dry, the dry air, one, one, uh, I guess, takeaway that I got from there that I was like, okay, this is great is, um, my nasal passages were, were nice and, uh, were nice and moist throughout the run. So it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't dry heaving. I was just, uh, I just might, might've had to, you know, blow a snot rocket here and there. And I felt, uh, and my, and my throat wasn't burning. Granted, I felt like I was running through, uh, you know, swamp right. and uh, you wash. just, you, you, you're, yeah, run through a car wash, a hot car wash, and you're getting weighted down. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you know, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm slow and slower. Those are my two, those are my two paces of, uh, of running. And uh, I was definitely on the slower side, but uh, I guess nasal passages felt a little bit, there was a little bit of relief running in the, you know, in the, in the humidity. That's really awesome because, you know, obviously it's like I woke up this morning and the house is covered in dew and you can't see outside because it's so humid here. And I thought about running this morning and I looked out. I'm like, no, there's no way. Like it's 98 <laughs> percent humidity. I'm like, no, but you're, you're kind of inspiring me here to do it because there's a couple guys here that do it. But I just I haven't had the, the, the guts to do it yet because, I mean, you know, you run a block in that you're drenched already. Like you're no matter what you do, you're going to be drenched. You walk a block. And you're, and you're drenched, you know, I, I stopped, uh, you know, they had, they had, a, you know, I'd do the Starbucks run right in, uh, in Singapore and I'd go there and I'd come back and all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, this is no good. So you know, <laughs> change you, already, you change or you, you get those sweat wicking undershirts. Um, you know, you just, you just kind of have to adapt to adapt to the elements and just try not to, you know, try not to change what you want to do. It's like, it's not going to, you know, I, I did, I, I went over there. I had, you know, had this experience of, Oh gosh, you got to try all the different foods here. The food is excellent, and 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 you know, I'd say after after a good couple of you know two or three months of just eating all the eating all the food that they have there, and, I, and by far I say it's some of the best in the world. Um, I, I noticed it. You know, clothes weren't clothes weren't fitting right, and I said, okay, well, I, I need to make this work. Let me get out there. Let me go out and 
uh, go for a little run in the botanic gardens. Um, you know, I'll shower and I get back to my desk for, you know, to work out the rest of the day and I'm still sweating buckets, but I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> you do what you got to do, but again, hydration, just like anything, hydration is the key. So I didn't, I didn't go anywhere without carrying a bottle of, uh, bottle of cold water with me. Was there any way that you traveled that you found it hard to even work out or do anything like the, it was just either it was dangerous or the condition, you know, just couldn't do it of time or anything like that. Was there anywhere that you felt like you spent some time at and you really couldn't do what you wanted to do? Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, I living in Asia, right? I, I think Singapore is the anomaly. But if you go to any large metropolitan city, it's, it's there's always going to be some challenges. I think mainly just infrastructure. Uh, one place I'll, I'll call to mind is Manila in the, Phil in the Philippines there. Um, you know, it's it's full of traffic. Traffic is, I think traffic is always going to be, you know, the biggest challenge over there. So, I mean, I think you could, you could brave it and, and take your bike out onto the streets, but you're not going to see a lot of, uh, you're not going to see a lot of people obeying traffic. So I think riding your bike around, you, you run that risk of just getting, of just getting hit. <laughs> um, Even running, right? I mean, if running, if, uh... yeah, same, same thing with running, you know, I, I did not, I did not like to run with any earbuds. I was like literally head on the swivel, um, yeah. running around, running around uh, foot traffic, running over potholes, you know, what have you. So, I mean, I think doing that, it was just, this is just too much. And you just hope that, you know, if you're, if you're staying in a hotel, you typically, you know, in, the, in those cities, you're going to have the finest of amenities and you can just do all your working out in a, in the hotel. And, and that's, and that's what I did. Anytime I was on a trip, it was like, okay, let's find the gym. Let's go in there and, uh, and, and do some sort of, you know, do some sort of workout. Now, is there any place that you went that, uh, like made you so glad to come home? Like for me, I've traveled, you and I talked a lot about it this summer when we got together. There's some places I've come back and been like, you know what? I'm glad I'm not there. Is there any place that you have just, just, you just don't want to ever really go back to for any reason? Well, I mean. I wouldn't say I would not want to go back to, but I would just say, okay, this is, this is not the place I'd want to bring my family. And, okay. you know, when you're, when you're working, uh, you know, I, just cause I was working with the U S government and, and you're attached to the embassy, you're, you're always going to be advised about travel, uh, travel advisories of what to avoid. And I had the, uh, the unique opportunity to travel three times to, to Papua New Guinea, Port Moresby. Now, the only thing I knew about Port Moresby prior to that was it was one of the cities on the, on the game where in the world is Carmen Sandiego. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know if you, I don't know if you played that back in. The, oh yeah, back in the great game, the show uh, yeah. and everything. That was oh, love love that game. It was awesome. It was like, oh, yeah. Port Moresby. That sounds like a lot of. That sounds like a cool cool place to visit. <laughs> um, Why not? I go. Yeah, and and I go over. I go. I go there, and I you know I guess what I was told was just watch out. There's just a lot of. There's a lot of street violence, a lot of tribal stuff. Um, they said even in front of the embassy, there were there were carjackings. So they just say if you're going to go anywhere, you have to go with you have to travel in pairs. You have to call the you know the embassy security office in their in their in their motor pool to drive you around anywhere to go. So um, oh. otherwise, so you you're just kind of staying at the hotel and in in, uh, in eating in their you know, eating at the restaurants, which the ones that I stayed at actually had some decent food. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hop, skip and a jump from Australia. So you, there's a lot of Australia, you know, a lot, a lot of Australia influence and, 
Um, you know, if you're a diving enthusiast, if you get out of Port Moresby, apparently there's some really great, uh, great uh, diving to be had. But I was stuck in the city doing work and, you know, I'm just driving around and I'm just seeing some of these playgrounds and, and I'm just like, Ooh, I don't, I don't know if my kids, would, if, I, if I was just imagining my kids playing on some of those jungle gyms over there and then just like out of nowhere, something, somebody coming up to you and uh, demanding your, uh, your watch or, or what have you. So, I mean, it, it was one of those sure. places where I just had to keep my head sure. on the swivel, enjoy being in the hotel. And uh, once I got out of there, I'm just like, well, I made it out of life. It's not, it's not too bad. <laughs> successful trip right <laughs> yeah yeah your tour of duty yes absolutely yes, yes. Mm-hmm. so now that you're in your 40s like us what do you do to stay fit on a regular basis what are some tips and tricks that you do tips and tricks right i'd say time management number one right you know you've i'm definitely i would not call myself a a a fitness professional but just from what i read i mean at the very least they say just get out there and do something and move get moving whether it's taking a walk whether it's going for a run um, using whatever amenities that you have at your disposal but i think the biggest challenge for me you know you know family man father of, of two kids um you know just schedule is just tight it's trying to trying to juggle work it's just have that time, carve out that time to time for yourself to do something. Um, I have no, I should not have any excuses because I, I I'm, I'm lucky enough to live in a place where I have multiple amenities. I have uh, some safe streets to go for a run. I have, uh, I have some pools that I can swim laps, you know, laps in. I'm in Southern California where the weather, you know, except with the exception of the occasional fire, it's uh, you can, you can go out and do some activity year round and, and, you know, to top it all off, I do, I do keep a Peloton in my bedroom. So, I mean, you get up, you know, you should, you have to carve out that time and, and do something. So I'm not per se training for anything in particular. I do have it in mind that I want to get out there and, and maybe, uh, maybe get out there and do another, uh, do another half marathon or maybe a marathon. And that's, that's going to be down the, that's definitely probably in the, in the books for 2022, but I'd say nowadays it's like, it's maintenance, get out there, get moving, um, listen to your body. Cause you know, you're 40, 40 something, 44, you're almost 44 years old. And you have little kinks here and there that, uh, just aren't working the way they used to. So you just find out what, you know, find out what works for you and, uh, and, uh, just adjust to it, adjust to the elements. I think it's a great tip. I like, for instance, just talking about like your body changing, right? So yesterday I was taking a class at F45 and they do this exercise where you do like an inchworm forward and you come back and you do like a plank and then you swing your legs forward. And at the same time, you put your arms up and you kind of swipe your legs underneath you and you stand up and do like a weird inverted burpee kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe at 20 and I'm fairly, you know, I'm very athletic now. I mean, I tried to do it. And the first time I was like, whew, right on the ground, like, and I tried it again, boom, right in the ground. And you know, being 43, hitting your chest with your full weight, two, three times over and over again, there was a flag on this field. You know, it was like, hang on, I can't, <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to change the way I'm doing this because it just wasn't working right. And so not only do you have to pay attention to your body, but you also have to know your limits, right? If it looks dumb and you don't want to do it, you can always modify it. And so I, I have to just say for that instance, I knew I probably couldn't do it, but you know, I was kind of challenged to do it, but to do it three times was not a, not the brightest moment in my life. Well, in my shoulder, I mean, you, you mentioned that in shoulders, just no good. No, no, no bueno. I, I had, I had shoulder surgery a couple of, uh, a couple of years ago and you know, it's, it's healed and I'm doing stuff again, but 
my left shoulder not not too good i gotta i was like i don't really want to have to get you know it's my non-throwing shoulder so i i can live with it but yeah it's just one of those things it's okay you, you want to do some basic things you, you want to make you know you want to be right uh and be able to go out there and, and throw the ball around or do whatever you want to do with your kids athletically but yeah, there's, there's a time where you can just say, you know, that's just, not, uh, that's just not where I'm going nowadays. Please stay tuned for part two of this awesome episode where we learn more about Gino, the world, and being awesome in general. <laughs>